0: This is the Radio Talks podcast from Learning Waves. Hello and welcome to Radio Talks, the official industry podcast from Learning Waves. And on this particular episode of Radio Talks, we're going to be talking to the man who helps make Radio Talk. And those on it talk a little bit better, if that makes sense. Uh, Eric Dixon, the man who has been hailed on high as the voice coach extraordinaire. Eric Dixon joins us in just a few minutes. Stay tuned for that. First, though, industry news. Here's Hannah Casey.
1: The podcast course has begun. On the 14th of December, Patrick O'Hee Audio Brand kicked off the two-month program diving into the budding podcaster's ideas. This course will guide attendees on a journey from podcast idea to broadcast. We look forward to hearing the new podcast in February. Joanne Sweeney has released a case study on the Learning Wave Certificate in Digital Sales for Radio course. As trainer, she examined the outcomes of the course completed this year, revealing the generation of €50,000 across seven participating stations. This increased revenue was a result of the variety of digital offerings created within the course. Read more by going to the news section on our website. If you're looking for some fresh and exciting content to listen to over Christmas, tune in to Highland Radio at 6pm on the 26th of December and LMFM on the 27th of December to hear their TY Media Week programmes in industry news. WLR-FM have signed their new 10-year contract with Commissioner Mann for local broad-format sound broadcasting service for Waterford City and County. Starting in January, Louise Cantillon will be the new lunchtime host for Today FM. The news was revealed on Dave Moore's show where Louise said, It's the biggest honour ever. I'm hoping I can do it justice. Happy 50th birthday to John Keane. The KCLR icon celebrated this milestone during his lunchtime show with the team at KCLR, surprising him with a cake. An update on the Christmas fundraising mentioned in last week's episode, WLRFM have a Christmas Day swim as part of their Christmas appeal in aid of St. Vincent de Paul. Radio Kerry's Christmas Jumper Day was a success on the 8th of December with over 7.8 thousand euro raised so far. The Irish Journalists at Work report has been released by DCU. A total of 364 professional journalists from the Republic of Ireland completed the survey. 16% were from local and regional outlets, 66% were from national outlets, and 11% were from transnational outlets. The main findings include that 73% of Irish journalists are employed on full-time permanent contracts, while another 14% work as freelancers. Highland Radio is looking for a journalist to join their News and Current Affairs team. The closing date is this Friday. Go to the jobs section on our website for more information. Eddie Caffrey celebrated 40 years of the much-loved green scene show on LMFM. He was presented with an award at the recent LMFM country show by CEO of LMFM, Michael Crawley. Congratulations to Gabrielle Cummins, who celebrated 25 years working in the industry last week. Here's to another 25, Gabrielle. Ian Doyle has left Urban Media to join the Independent. We wish Ian every success in the next chapter of his career. iRadio will be out and about in the new year in their new Citroen C5 Aircross, thanks to Kevin Egan Cars. Condolences to the team at News Talk on the sad passing of their colleague, John O'Donovan. May John rest in peace. In upcoming courses, the training calendar is filling up for the new year. Start the year right by brushing up on your Microsoft skills. Hosted by Mary Ward Share Skills, Microsoft PowerPoint Intermediate to Advance will be held on the 31st of January, and Microsoft Excel Intermediate will be held on the 6th of February. Another brilliant workshop at Mary Ward Share Skills, Power BI for Business on the 13th of February. It's time for stations to prepare for the upcoming referenda in March 2024. Referendum 2024 guidelines will be held by Sarah Kieran media lawyer, on the 11th, 17th and 23rd of January. Data journalism seeing through numbers will be held by Dr. Don Wheatley, DCU, on the 23rd of January. This four-week course focuses on how data tools can assist and support journalists in digital storytelling. Need a hand managing your time effectively? Time management training will be held by Jennifer Dowling, train remote on the 6th of February. You can now sign up to Learning Wave's flagship senior management programme, Manage, Lead, Inspire. Delivered by Russell and Alison Beck from Imagine Think Do, this programme allows senior managers to reimagine their leadership style and learn how to effectively lead others by understanding themselves. This course begins on the 7th of February. Sign up now. Keep an eye on our training calendar and social media for further updates on training in 2024.
0: Who says radio takes a break? Nobody. Absolutely not. Very busy as always. Thank you, Hannah, for that. That's the industry news. And remember, if you want something included, it's very simple. Just email info at learningwaves.ie and we'll put it on the next podcast for you and uh, and give whatever you want. A mention. No problem at all. Okay, let's get on with this podcast. Eric Dixon. Anytime that uh, we have somebody on this podcast who mentions Eric Dixon, they mention him in high regard. So let's talk to Eric Dixon. Uh, Let's find out a little bit more about Eric Dixon, a talented and inspiring media and presentation trainer of over 20 years experience. I didn't say that. It says it on his website. Eric Dixon, where have you come from? Well, I was born in Kent,
2: um, but I've spent most of my working life in Essex. That's where I got one of my first jobs to do a breakfast show. So I'm over the Thames from where I was originally born. Uh, And apparently, I'm either a man of Kent or a Kentish man, depending on where I was born. I've forgotten the distinction, and I don't know, but I'm one of the two.
0: Oh, excellent. Okay. So how how did you get into into radio, or was radio your first port of entrance?
2: I was a real nerd, Andy. I was a real local radio (laughs) anorak. I connected local radio jingles. I sat listening to stations, taping links and analysing them and oh my word i was unbearable frankly my wife might tell you nothing much has changed really but i uh so I, i was very keen on local radio and in those days i was around a station called bbc radio medway which doesn't even exist anymore it became bbc radio kent but that was based in chatham on the north coast of kent and i spent much of my time there just hanging around really being a bit annoying I suspect and then one day uh, asked if I could do what was called tape reclaiming Andy, you'll be too young to know I'm sure but tape reclaiming is when you have reels and reels of the seven inch tape and yeah. you would edit it together in order to get rid of any of the, what we called, leader tape. They're the bits of unrecordable tape in the middle. And it's the world's worst job. It's hated by everybody. And I thought, if it gets me on station, I'll do that. So for a year, I reclaimed tape from their schools of used stuff. It's really dull, for free, no money, uh, just because I wanted to hang around the radio station. And uh, it was after that the thing started to happen. But it it took a year of free work for that I've never heard
0: of anybody coming in through the ecological route into radio before, but <laughs> that certainly sounds like the entrance that you've taken. Well, it, um, was, certainly,
2: it was sort of ecological, mainly to save money, really, like, <laughs> reuse bits of tape. It was never as green in those days as it is now.
0: Yeah. No, it certainly wasn't. We can, all, uh, we can all send testament to that. So what was the first gig, apart from
2: reclaiming tape? Oh, God, yeah. Or, or standing in the record library and, and working there. And I did tons of stuff uh, in the record library, too. Uh, but also I think it was a Saturday show a stand-in on a Saturday show I couldn't believe I got it I think it was only two hours maybe something like 10 till 12 and I absolutely leapt for it and was so amazed that they offered it to me I think I was 18 at the time maybe something like that and uh yeah loved it and i could choose my own music as well which i couldn't do in later days it was all done by (laughs) computer later but i got to choose my own music and my own features and my own guests and my own competitions but i was standing in for someone else so obviously the format of the show was set but nonetheless i could do within that format pretty much what i wanted and i had a whale of a time i don't know if it was any good i suspect not really but i enjoyed myself
0: yeah, well, that's what it's all about. So the weekend gig was the first gig. Yeah. Yeah?
2: yeah. And what happened after that then? I did lots of stand-in. I helped out on an evening phone-in, which is an amazing show, uh, which was really breaking the boundaries of what nighttime phone-ins could be like. Uh, a very influential produ- uh, producer and presenter, called, a guy called Rod Lucas at the time. And he opened my eyes as to what radio could be. Now, there was a lot of rubbish on that as well, but there were some real bits of gold that I spotted and thought, ah, it's good. We could, we could work more on that. So I constantly listened and thought about and developed ideas. But then the boss uh, I, I said at the radio station, you're not thinking of working here rather than going to college, are you? And I went, oh, I'm not sure, really. He went, no, you go to college. You need to go to university. Get that under right. your belt. Uh, okay. And so I did. Uh, and he then said, though, I, I'll hire you. I promise I'll hire you after college, I thought, well, yeah, you say that now, will you? Um, And within my first year of college, he phoned and said, would you like to become the new presenter of a mid-morning show on a station I'm opening in Coventry in Warwickshire the year after you leave college? And I said, yes, obviously. So I just took it. There was no talk of money. There was no talk of hours. It was just, yeah, I'll have that. And so I think I was hired extremely cheaply for when I left university. But I went through uni knowing I got a gig at the end of it, got a job already prepared.
0: So I suppose in in the podcast and um, on this particular podcast, your name has come up with reverence uh, oh. a, num- a number of times, right? Right, um, and they were the ones that didn't. You actually didn't pay. These were actually <laughs> people who, of their own volition, offered it up. But they all spoke about how you get it you absolutely get it in relation to how you relate to people and how you get that information to them and how they become better people and better presenters after that.
2: Well, that's very so, kind. I'm blushing here. Blushing good.
0: <laughs> good, good. So tell us how you go about that. If there's somebody coming into the industry or somebody you know, who wants to improve,
2: hmm. what piece of advice would you give them? I think when it comes to their voice, there are three key aspects that I want everybody to take on board. And I'm happy to wrap those three off if it, if it helps initially it's connect with the content. You need to understand what you're reading, what the tone is, what the meaning of it is, what the words are that are being used to describe it. Connecting with the content is more than half of what you need to do. So, I try to get them to understand that the content really matters. And as long as they convey the content, then they're doing the job that they've been been hired to do. So connecting with the content is one of them. The other key thing that I rattle on about constantly, the, the second thing, is that it's about intonation, not about enunciation. If you're looking for clarity, people seem to think if you speak about it perfectly with every word pronounced superbly as if it's from the dictionary, not only is that almost impossible to listen to, but it's not what presenting on radio is about. It's about intoning stuff. That means putting the right stress, the right emphasis on the right words to bring about the meaning of whatever it was you wanted to say. So I always say that if you're looking for clarity, it's not enunciation, which is pronouncing every word perfectly. It's mm-hmm. intonation, which is putting the stress and the emphasis in the right places. Right. And the okay. third thing that I go on about, and I've had this quoted back to me by several people, so this really seems to connect. They seem to, uh, this this hits home, is don't read the words, say the meaning.
1: When they've so got I a script know. in front of them.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's the one that people remember. The idea of anyone reading the words on a script, this is not what this is about. It's about saying stuff, yes. And, of course, I'm not suggesting you go rogue and you just stop bothering with the script. I think the words on the script should be used to remind you of what you wanted to say anyway. That's the point of the script. So it's chatty, it's conversational, it's colloquial. All this is good. But I think if you stick to those three rules for me you're probably going to be better off as a result. Noted.
0: Say, for example, uh, somebody starting out in the industry, whether it be radio or TV or, you know, whatever it is, or podcasting or, you know, there's so many different routes in these days, right? Um, Is there the perfect voice or have we moved on from that? You know, is it just
2: be yourself? Oh, very much so. The The idea of a single perfect voice, I, I'm not even sure was ever true. I think people believed it was, and there was one standard style of what became known as the BBC voice. And I've got remnants of that myself. The problem is I, I can't get away from the fact that partly through my growing up or through my education or through my surroundings, bits of the old BBC voice are still with me, and in a way, I've got to be grateful, I suppose, for for elements of that. I I come from the southeast of England. I've got your classic home counties, fairly neutral voice, which hasn't done me any harm. So I'm not knocking it. It's just I don't believe that that's the way to go. I think it's one way to go, but there are hundreds of other ways to go. So no, fortunately, a single style of voice... I think I've always been slightly suspicious of elocution teachers, Andy. Slightly suspicious that what elocution is supposedly to arrive at a sort of voice which is perfect or desirable or the one you're aiming for. I'm not sure that's true. Elocution reminds me a little bit like dressage at the Olympics. (laughs) If you see a horse in the arena doing dressage, you think, well, that's very clever. It's not normal, though, is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're seeing a horse move <laughs> like that that's by f- so far removed from normality. Uh, yeah. And if you had a horse of your own like that, you would get the vet in, wouldn't you? you go, what the heck's wrong with my pony? It's acting really weirdly. So elocution <laughs> reminds me of that. its It's very clever. It's perhaps lovely to listen to or watch, maybe but I'd much prefer hearing people just talking normally, conveying ideas in the way that they can best be conveyed using their natural voice.
0: Is there anybody or has there been anybody that you've worked with that has... uh... I was going to say disimproved, but that wouldn't be a good thing, but uh, has really improved. And what did they do, do you think, to improve themselves? Like, is there is there a little uh, kind of uh, nugget that you want to give us today that you think, actually, they did that and look at them now?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not that she's massively well known as a result, but I do remember doing some voice training with a Radio 3 presenter who didn't want to be with me. Uh, and For those guys in Ireland, Radio 3 is a rather formal uh, uh, classical music station in right, the yeah. UK. Yeah. And she arrived, I won't name her, and she clearly didn't want to be there. She seemed to loathe the process. I don't think she liked me very much. And um, For the first two or three hours of a voice training session, due to be four hours in length, Um, She sat there heavily resistant uh, with the attitude, I've been doing this for 20 years, which she had. What can you, I was younger than her, what can Mm -hmm. you possibly teach me? I've been in the business for 20 years and no one's complained so far. All of which is true. And I struggled through and I tried to appeal to one part of her personality, which would, would accept me and didn't think that I was just ridiculing her and I wasn't I was far from it I just thought she could do it differently mm-hmm. and about three quarters of the way through that first four-hour session she suddenly got it she said I've been doing this wrong all of my life haven't I I said oh. well wrong's quite an extreme word in these circumstances <laughs> but you've been doing it differently <laughs> to how I would suggest yes she said this is eye-opening this is brilliant I said well that's very kind I wonder if you w- would perhaps <laughs> take these ideas on board she said are you free tomorrow I said yes oh, wow so suddenly we did another session where she was so keen, like a puppy. It was it was the opposite of what I'd just gone through. And it was because she got the fact that it was about speaking normally, but getting the intonation right, squeezing every drop of meaning out of whatever script you were trying to convey. Or if you're just chatting, obviously getting, without a script, getting the meaning out of what you're saying. Once she got it, oh, my goodness, did I enjoy. Probably the best session I've ever had, that second voiceover session because she was so eager and it was so transformational. Would you advise people to listen back? The trouble is, if you don't know what you're doing, and again, I use the word wrong advisedly, but if you don't know what you're doing incorrectly or how it could be done differently... It's very difficult listening back to just nod and think, yeah, that was OK. And, and maybe it was OK. But it's hard if you haven't got the principles in place to know how you could adapt or change that. The, the reason I think that voice trainers can be useful, and I would say this, wouldn't I, Andy, because I'm hired to be one, is as an independent, another pair of ears Just listening across to what you're doing and go, well, why did you do it that way? Uh, Was that right? And is that how you wanted to come across? And it takes that independent perspective, I Mm -hmm. think, to spot somebody. So listening back might be useful, but they will need to know the principles that they are either obeying or disobeying while they listen back to know whether they could have done it better. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there? Uh, I, I don't. Have you worked with people that that are in front of camera? Have you? Yes. You know, yeah.
2: Quite a lot with with TV, and obviously scripts for TV are different to scripts yeah. for radio because you you need explain a lot less in telly because the gap, the camera does half of the work for you but all the same the same principles apply that what you are saying need to abide by the rules of what we call standard intonation that's how pitch emphasis stress nothing to do with received pronunciation by the way Andy. lots of people that's the old bbc english or what was known as the queen's english i suppose Mm. it would be known as the king's english now but very few people speak like that. Something like half a percent of the English public speak with RP, received pronunciation. No one's saying that's the standard that we need to return to. We're talking about convincingly using your voice to convey what you want to say in the way that you want to say it. And the weird thing is, in everyday life, People do that really well. Once they're in front of a microphone, they tend to get nervous or think they need to speak uh, in a more posh voice than they've really got, <laughs> or, or a less posh, posh voice than they've really got. So they change their voice. And especially when they're reading a script, that's when standard intonation really does go out of the window. Uh, and I'm hired to try to help them bring that back. So
0: are you back Uh, I was about to say, on the mainland, which is over here, by the way, are are you back? Are you doing any courses soon in the new year? Can we look Uh forward to that?
2: I think so. I mean, I've got three this week, all three sessions, one five hour, one three hour, one two hour this week, all via Zoom. So I'm not there for those. And they, right. they work, you know, I, but I, I love coming back. You know what? I'm, I'm in Ireland so often that I kind of think of it as the mainland as well, uh, <laughs> because I just returned so frequently. I was in Longford very recently, Dublin very recently, Cork not so long ago, Sligo in the last couple of months. Um, So Tipperary done stuff with Tip FM. So a whole range of of different stations. And yes, I I imagine um, once the new year comes around, I get asked for dates. In fact, I think I've already been asked for a series of, of availability. So I should think, yeah. uh, And then you're right. The courses tend to go pretty fast, which is always really pleasing. And sometimes people come back for repeat courses. You know, I've seen people two or three times. And that's fine, too. If if, uh, separated by several months, you want to just sharpen up those skills. Nothing wrong with that at all.
0: And are you okay if somebody was on your course that if they send you a little 30-second or one-minute clip of audio, are you happy to, to listen and give them a, a, a quick review? Or yeah, usually oh, okay.
2: uh, that's how we do it prior to the courses, regardless of whether they're online or in person, that okay. I'll get a snippet, usually three minutes of audio. It could be three minutes of a show reel, for example. It could be just three minutes of their last programme. It could be a three minutes of a news bulletin. It depends what role they play. But I'll have a quick listen to that, and then I can pass judgment based on that performance. Okay well listen Eric I hope
0: Santa brings you everything you desire from that list of yours and uh, you're welcome back and as I said in the middle of this podcast your name comes up with reverence time and time again and people seem to love you so keep doing what you what you do and keep out.
2: Andy I'm thrilled to have been asked thank you so much to invite me on the podcast because I'm a, a regular listener anyway so all the best to you the same about Santa and the gifts that he brings you and let's hope we meet in the new year. Absolutely, look forward to it. Eric, thank you very much indeed for your time. Cheers, mate.
0: So, you see, I told you, one of radio's nice guys, Eric Dixon. And uh, don't forget, I'm sure Eric Dixon will be coming to a radio station near you soon. If you get the chance to do um, an Eric Dixon course uh, from Learning Waves, it's absolutely well worth it. That's it for now. This has been Radio Talks, the official industry podcast from Learning Waves. Remember, if you'd like to get something mentioned, it's a simple email, info at learningwaves.ie, and we'll include it for you. Or if there's something you'd like to talk about or somebody you'd like to hear on the podcast, and again, info at learningwaves.ie is the email, and we'll get back to you ASAP. That has been Radio Talks. I'm Andy Matthews. This episode has been produced by Hannah Casey. Thanks for listening, and have a great Christmas.